Hello and welcome to Leviathan News. Today is Monday, August 21st. We have some special guests here. We have the Silo Finance team. We got Aham and Tenzit. We're here to talk about Llama Llama Llama. And uh, recently, the Silo team has launched the Llama Edition, which is a Curve USD version of their wonderful silo lending protocol. So welcome, guys. Welcome. Thank you so much. We're the Lama team today, silo Lama team. <laughs> <laughs> and uh, uh, happy birthday. Oh, yeah. Thank you so much. Absolutely appreciate it. It's, it's a, officially, uh, uh, you launched exactly one year ago today. Is that correct? Oh, wow. The, the deployment, the smart contracts. Yes. So been one year battle tested now. This is incredible. That's uh, really something in this market. Even Curve couldn't say they, they didn't get hacked this year. We were uh, like, we got close though. Yeah. A <laughs> uh, little bit, a little bit, but definitely, I mean, you need some luck. <laughs> so let's take a step back. Uh, maybe uh, before we jump in, you can just run through what Silo is and like why isolated lending markets are interesting and uh, what led you guys to launching the Llama edition of Silo. Yeah, absolutely. So it's in uh, basically silo finance and including the Lama version or edition is a credit market uh, like any uh, credit market really in DeFi. Uh, the major difference is that it's isolated. Each market uh, is its own protocol in a way. So each market is kind of you can think about it as a mini Aave or, or Aave or, or compound. So if you've got the curve. Uh, isolated market, it's, it's, it consists of Curve and Curve USD, and that's it. It's isolated. Uh, it matches lenders and borrowers. So you could deposit Curve and, and, and borrow Curve USD or deposit Curve USD and, and borrow Curve. And your, uh, in, in your risk as a user is, is you're not exposed to what happens in other markets. Now, well, let's take uh, a step back there just to, just to make clear. So it, with, with Silo, there's no re, rehypothecation of your collateral. So if you deposit like CRV into the contract, someone else can't borrow that CRV to go short it somewhere else, correct? No, that, can. they can. There is actually, that's actually one of our features though that you are uh, mentioning. We do have uh, the option for something called protected collateral. Hmm. Uh, and so that allows users to deposit something like Curve in a non-borrowable state. Uh, so they can still take out a loan against their collateral, uh, but people can't come in and borrow out uh, the curve and, and short it, Yeah. Um, right? Which which can be uh, an issue, especially for kind of larger uh, holders of a token. Yeah, so this was like one of the issues that caused the Ave kerfuffle back when Avi Eisenberg first tried to short CRV to, uh, to failure, <laughs> right? To his own failure, right? Uh, where with all of the CRV that was deposited into Ave, uh, he was able to borrow Michael's position against him, against himself and try to use that to liquidate him. Uh, and so it created undue risk, which um, Ave eventually turned off later on. Um, but at the same time, one of the other things that isolated markets do is that uh, they don't cross subsidize. So one of the other issues that we saw from Again, Michael's uh, journey through potential liquidation over the past several months is that uh, if you looked at the rates 
on say Ave versus some of the other lending or any of the other lending markets. Um, the the rates that he was paying on Ave were were subsidized because you have cross asset borrowing where you know uh, people are depositing USDC and USDT and like a bunch of other ones uh, that essentially bring down the overall interest rates to lower levels uh, and and prevented Michael from paying an interest rate which was uh, like comparative to the amount of risk that he was bringing to the right. protocol. Absolutely. Yeah. Yeah. It enabled him actually. It benefited him and it, it kind of disadvantaged uh, uh, stable coins. So yes. it's exactly one of the benefits of isolated markets. There's no obfuscation anymore. You're intentionally lending to the curve user, and Michael in this case, mm -hmm. and you determine if the APR is worth the risk or not. If right. not, just don't participate in the market or, or wait or choose a different amount. If you think uh, it is congruent with the risk you're taking, then you participate in Aave. Like you said, it's kind of like there's some level of, of, of abstraction. You deposit USDC and you don't know who's, who's, who's kind of borrowing it. It's pretty much really Aave is like a, yeah. like a, like a, like a, like a, like a, really a bank uh, in, in this case. And then the, the third thing about the like the cross asset subsidies or like cross asset de uh, borrowing and deposits is that like let's say you're a, a wrap Bitcoin user and you're depositing wrap Bitcoin in you're still getting exposure to Michael's liquidation if it had happened uh, in the in the sense of like even though he's only borrowing stables if there is bad debt that's left over uh, you're probably going to be affected even though none of those assets were borrowed because it has to be sub the the losses have to be subsidized across the entire protocol and so with with isolated lending you're really just setting up here's the collateral here's the borrower uh the terms are very clear right the yeah. terms are very clear right now actually what we have in the silo llama it's an exact handshake between michael and a bunch of curve usd holders an exact everyone understand the risk mm. Uh, I'm talking about economic risk, obviously, uh, and and uh, there's no obfuscation. You understand that it's actually curve being deposited, and your risk is 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 originates from curve. So uh, and 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 that's exactly uh, the one of the beauty of of honestly isolated in the markets as as, as as simple as they are in, in design. Um, uh, so uh, yeah. Uh, anyway, so you understand that uh, you're, if something happens to Curve, it cannot be uh, liquidated for some reason. Well, well, you won't be able to get back your Curve USD. Uh, and I can assume that all users understand the risk because they can see the collateral that can borrow their, their assets. And I'm assuming that the, uh, at least in my opinion, Curve USD users, maybe it's actually not a, it's a valid assumption to say they're sophisticated users, DeFi users. Uh, they understand the risk, especially if you've minted the, Curve USD with collateral, you understand how how the system works pretty well. It's yeah. not like you just bought it on on the market and 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 now you, you ate. Although definitely there's an AP factor, but yeah. So I just I just talked about the we just brought up the new curve markets. Could you go into this new llama edition and like what you guys did to deploy uh, specifically for uh, this right. this version? So two important major work. It's actually a, a complete fork of the legacy protocol that uh, that celebrates a uh, one-year anniversary today, as Garrett uh, mentioned, uh, like probably privately. Uh, so this complete fork, 
the design the system is designed to pair any base asset with any bridge asset so technically we could have done let's say curve tracks uh, in, in a protocol or curve uh, anything so we designed the protocol to always use something what we call the bridge asset the universal collateral that the way it is today with the curve usd we could have used any token asset because Wait, the so system a bridge, is designed a br that way a bridge asset is just a, a universally it, accepted uh, asset in the protocol right right the mm -hmm. way it is for example today curve usd is paired with 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 kind of like uh curve usd is paired with a bunch of assets like 10 assets actually 11 assets we could have replaced we could have used any type of token instead of curve usd and that's why we deployed i mean the current version that we have it has eth and xi we just deployed another protocol with with uh, with curve usd because mm. we've designed that system that way uh, it, it you can add and remove a bunch of assets actually tomorrow we can add another bridge asset and it takes actually one transaction and you would have uh, obviously that needs and stuff like that, but you could have Curve, uh, Curve USD, and ETH, for example. So it would be like three asset markets, right? So uh, we just deployed the we deployed the system. It took us two things. We had to develop a custom oracle uh, of for the Curve USD, since there is no chain link or any kind of ready to use oracle. And we did a bunch of back end work, which is running a liquidation engine, making sure that we can liquidate um uh through curve uh, pools and uh the one inch uh, uh, uh api as well so we had to all work with you know obviously work with the one inch team and stuff like that just to make sure that we are there's always a a, a liquidator of, of last resort mm. so yeah um yeah and and you know liquidation isn't really straightforward when when you deal with curve uh pools because for example if you want to liquidate curve you have to also be able to access the try curve whether it's a new pool or uh or, or a bunch of other pools that might exist beyond the curve system mm. the ecosystem so pretty much it's just a a fork of the exact fork of what we have today we've had for a year in addition to some back-end work uh, and then we had to deploy a new subgraph uh and that took a lot of work from the front-end team uh so it's really a bunch of uh it's, it's not a, a, a one-day deployment um, and it took actually quite a lot of work and testing and making sure that liquidations work. Testing of that, we tried to break uh, the Curve USD Oracle. That is actually the Curve USD USDC. We tried to break it. We could not. So that kind of gave us uh, uh, some sort of uh, confidence about it. Uh, so yeah, we've, we've done a lot of research and, and, and stuff like that. A lot of, uh, uh, yeah, that's been the main work. Yeah. So with v, uh, the previous version, a lot of the assets were paired with bridge assets that were somewhat correlated, right? Like you would be borrowing and lending dollars against dollars. Uh, Curve was borrowed against and like could only be traded for ETH. Um, but this newest one is going to feature like m many more uncorrelated assets, right? Like Curve to Curve USD. Uh, do you think there might be like risks inherent in the system that might uh, pop up in this new Llama version that you might not have seen in V1 because there wasn't these volatile pairings? Um, I, I don't particularly think there will be. Uh, just, I mean, the any error that or any uh, kind of like extra um, complexity would come from just directly Curve USD and something happening to Curve USD, but. As far as the core protocol and how it works, uh, Silo Llama works exactly like Silo V1. And that's also on purpose, right? 
uh, because we do want to inherit kind of the trust that Silo uh, V1, which hasn't been hacked and it's been live for a year, uh, does have. So, um, yeah. Yeah, well, generally speaking, you know, uh, 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 Gert, like, it's actually, I prefer to use ETH as a collateral to borrow really anything, anything volatile, uh, because it just markets move with ETH. But that's not what users prefer. Uh, users prefer to, to borrow stablecoin with, with uh, to borrow, uh, as, uh, to use stablecoin as, as collateral uh, to short uh, assets and stuff like that. Um, and, uh, and, and, and in this case, the users uh, are actually exposed to some risk, but it's not different from the V1, what we have. Uh, so for instance, like, I mean, this special case, uh, I think it's really resilient uh, and, and in demand asset, I would say. It's, it's, there's a lot of people that would love to buy it. And that's why it actually explains the many, many attempts to short it, to economically attack it. There's a lot of people who want to buy it just cheap. As used to be in the beginning, right? Uh, but yeah, no, I actually don't accept. I uh, don't think uh, it's it's particularly risky or volatile assets. Can uh, you just need to watch your uh, your position really closely? Uh, uh, yeah. Yeah. So I don't think DeFi Llamas updated their numbers yet, but looking through the site, it looks like kind of the initial version over the course of the year had accumulated like 30 million TVL. Uh, and already in the like few days since launching the Llama version, that's already accumulated about 20 million uh, in TVL. Is uh, that that's separate, right? Like that's like you've basically like 60 percent, about 50, yes, uh, plus 20. So we actually crossed 70 million total. Oh, wow. But yes, nice, yeah, right. Okay. So yeah. that's like uh, the only thing you're missing bump. there is uh, arbitrage. Yeah, sorry, mm -hmm. Oh yeah, yeah. I'm just saying, like that's a huge bump that you got in the, like a course of a week since doing this. So it seems like it's been like a very successful experiment on that front, right? Yeah, yeah. It's definitely been uh, you know incredibly successful. Uh, I like also all the talk that's been kind of going on around DeFi. We have kind of more people, uh, you know, adding us and asking questions. Uh, so uh, it's it's been really helpful for us um, <clears throat> to understand our, our user base. Um, and how they see lending as well. Now, to some degree, this is like, is this just entirely Mitch moving his position? Because um, he's been trying to get off Aave V2 for some time onto like other markets. Um, is this just literally like, as people keep adding Curve USD, Mitch is going to keep borrowing Curve? Or is it like fairly well diversified at this point? Probably like 90%. That's just him. Uh, I don't know. There are actually, I see, I'm seeing a lot of... Uh... Uh, different wallets, but I'm just speculating that's actually him. But I don't know honestly. Um, yeah. And and yes, Mitch. I can say like uh, on both sides, uh, Mitch and his friends. I mean, it's um, it's. I feel like it's like a great use case. Like if you see he's being scared away from Ave V2, he alone is enough size to like bootstrap a entire DeFi protocol himself. Uh, but then it also comes with the chorus of. Um, like there's always like kind of nagging harpies who are trying to like scream about how it's irresponsible for him to ever lend curve anywhere. Uh, so I feel like you're already getting a taste of that on uh, X where people are like yeah. complaining about. And that's, and that's the way, uh, that's the wrong way of looking at it. If it, uh, isolated markets just match users. Like really it's, uh, you can't think about it. It's, it's still, uh, you know, a peer to pool uh, lending as, as, as a concept. Uh, but if if uh, if there's no uh, risk obfuscation, if it's clear to you the risk you're taking, 
what is what is a problem with that honestly if if you can't find let's take it like the most extreme level and and I'm, I'm not making a comparison with curve usd here but let's take any really rug token if you can't find a user accepting that risk and lending usdc or curve usd against it what, what is the problem honestly if there's if the risk is clear not obfuscated what's what is the problem so yes we've got some something like oh it's not responsible for him to why not that DeFi is an open space. DeFi is an open, uh, uh, you know, it's a, it's it's a, we all call it an open space. So if you can find, if you match users and borrowers in in a, in a clear and transparent way, what is the issue? And yesterday I responded to one of the uh, people that I respect on Twitter and about that, and I said like, no, it's just you know, and even they mentioned like, well, it it will affect the the Curve USD peg, and I said like, no, it does not. It's not like you're minting Curve USD with with Curve. Curve USD is still backed by the the, the, the collateral that that is accepted in the system. Uh, it's a like I said, it, uh, we need to do a lot of education about isolated lending markets and and about the this idea of like, oh, there should be a, a governance body like governing this. No, just let users govern the risk. Uh, themselves. Well, it's an uphill battle there. You're facing a multi-thousand year history of people ascribing a heavy moral implications to debt relationships. <laughs> so I don't think you might solve that overnight. But um, <laughs> I am uh, <laughs> I'm curious, though, to Wargame, like what would have happened? Because you mentioned that you are relying on the new um, tri-curve pool for on-chain liquidity. Um, but if it, there was like a situation where these markets have been up, and your the sort of like uh, curve ETH pool was intended to be this kind of like escape hatch in the event that users suddenly needed like on chain liquidity and it just instantly disappeared uh, from the hack. Like walk through the steps of what um, the like borrowers and lenders what risks they would face within the silo protocol should such an event happen. Right, right. If uh, if we needed to liquidate uh, in that in a moment in that moment. Uh, and we could not. Uh, the position that needed to uh, to liquidate would probably be a, create a bad debt, uh, meaning curve USD users or wouldn't be able to. The market become insolvent, and uh, curve USD some of the funds from the curve USD side would disappear, such that if all curve USD users were to withdraw from the market some of them will not be able to withdraw and will experience the last ones to withdraw will experience will never get their funds back um and uh so let's say you needed to liquidate uh a million dollars and you could not liquidate and curve curve price starts dropping and and, and with every drop bad debt gets bigger and bigger and bigger uh, and eventually that amount would settle at a certain level and that would be the size of, that would be a hole in the books. Uh, and when Curve USD users uh, try to withdraw, uh, would try to withdraw and and, and, and some of them would, the, the, the amount would not be socialized, would actually be the last users trying to withdraw from the, from the pool would suffer that gap, would be, wouldn't be able to get their money back and that's it. Right. Now, the problem would fix itself uh, would immediately fix itself when when curve price starts going back up to the level it was, and then markets would just adjust and yeah and and, and yeah. And it's also worth pointing out that you know this uh, as Aham mentioned, it is kind of a handshake uh, between you know Curve's founder and and Curve USD users, um, but there isn't necessarily uh, like 
Mitch has shown good a good faith lending practices while he's been on all the other lending protocols. If the curve price starts going down, he tops up, uh, he repays. Um, so I, I think that there's a general trust for him. And we do kind of see it also in, in the people that are depositing Curve USD. Uh, you have some like kind of big names there and people that are very well educated. Uh, so they, they seem to understand like, hey, I, I trust Mitch to a degree. And I think, you know, people are mad that he's taking out a loan, but they would be more mad if he was selling tokens, right? Uh, and that's always kind of the, the thing with, uh, with, with founders, right? You can't move your tokens or else you're, uh, you know, you're, you're being... Uh, malicious, mm -hmm. um, which I think is a it's a terrible way of looking at it. Um, Mitch hasn't sold any tokens, uh, right? He, his he's all in on Curve, uh, and he loves the platform. He would never let it crush and burn, crash and burn. Yeah, so I think that makes sense to me. The handshake agreement: if you are on the Curve USD side, you understand and are accepting these risks. Um, so we got a question from our loyal viewers, which is from Eva, who asks, "Hey." Curious, where does the curve rewards coming from on Silo Llama? It comes from Michael himself. He donated uh, a certain amount to the incentives uh, contract. Uh, if you go to uh, Silo, uh, the Silopedia or our dev uh, docs, you would see the incentive contract address and you would check, you click on it and you'd see the transfer that was done from his, his wallet. Very cool. And have you guys had any talks with Michael? So one thing that he did in this last kind of round before he started doing the OTC deals was um, when he was pressed a little bit a few weeks back, he created a Curve USD uh, FRAX market. Mm -hmm. um, and this was the so FRAX was the receipt token that you get when you deposit the FRAX into uh, the lending pool, much like A tokens or C tokens when you deposit it into Avi or Compound. Right. Um, right. Have you had any discussions? Right. I, I, I think it would be a little risky maybe to use the like the Llama ones just because it, it's pairing CRV USD against CRV USD. Um, but have, has maybe I'm wrong. And if, if yeah. I... There isn't any yeah. uh, risk. The what? No, there, there isn't any risk really oh. at all uh no uh you we could definitely do that actually it's on our roadmap to do it not necessarily for the curve usd shared token in the curve silo it could be done from for the other markets like the 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 uh, re or whatever mm -hmm. uh no it doesn't really uh, uh impact uh I, I don't see it as an an issue uh it would just encourage users to deposit more curve usd the way that the current curve rewards in the in, in the silo llama encourages users to do the same. Um, yeah. Nice. So yeah, you could use like some of your largest pools, like for some like the Arith or Steph pools. Uh, get users to deposit. Could be paired over. And you, what, what do you? Are That's your tokens cool. like S tokens, like silo tokens? Yes. Yeah. Yes, we have uh, yeah, we have S tokens and we have SP tokens, which are the protected version, as mentioned before. Yeah, yeah, it would be it would be the S token in this case, uh, which is shared token, exactly like the S frax in this case, or the frax that uh, got uh, paired uh, uh, the S frax uh, curve USD is exactly the mm -hmm. same one. Uh, the uh, uh, and the only really he the only reason 
it's just about it's an easier way to incentivize users. Well, how do you incentivize users? Well, we for the Silo Llama, we deployed an incentive contract. We developed UI, and it's super easy for us. So right now, you can anyone can actually send incentives to not to any side of the in the market. So you could allocate rewards for borrowing Curve USD. It doesn't need USD. It doesn't need to be deposit, or it could be Curve market. It could be any market really. And uh, Matic they set it off. Uh, set it off the rewards. I mean, it, we need. We still the core team is to uh, just run one transaction and develop some UI about it just to make sure the users can, can can do that. But but if you let's say you you, you create a, a curve pool with a share token and curve USD, uh, you're technically speaking, um, uh, it's just an easier way to. Uh, to, to stream rewards and because you could vote then on it and 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 the liquidity would would stay uh, somehow I mean within the system I think it's just a user experience uh, mm-hmm. advantage here I don't think it's an it poses any leverage uh, risk in my opinion but I, I might I not might need to give it a, a, a deeper thought so at the moment um, there's obviously like a number of Curve USD pools on Curve, which is where a lot of the Curve USD is flowing. What would be the advantages for people to supply uh, within the silo pools instead of depositing on Curve? Um, I would say right now, uh, well, there's higher rates uh, on Silo Llama. Uh, the, I think we're printing something like 22, 23% on Curve USD. Uh, and the second thing would be also you are able to borrow. Uh, right. There is only a small bit of curve in there. But, you know, if someone wants to take kind of the first step, I believe if someone borrowed out curve, uh, people would come in and, and kind of fix the APR for them. Um, so, yeah, you, you can deposit and borrow at the same time. Makes sense. Good answer. Good answer. Uh, one more question uh, that I've got, which is just around the fate of the XAI stablecoin, uh, which had previously been the kind of in-house silo uh, finance stablecoin. And if you look at, for example, I just mentioned the Curve USD pools on Curve, like the top yielding one right now is that XAI uh, Curve USD pool, which yeah, might mean like it's heavily incentivized or it might mean that users are perceiving like potential risk in that, like it, you know, based on this tweet that you'd sent, Aham, uh, you're discussing the difficulties of protocols in especially like a smaller protocol that might have like only limited ammunition. Like you have to pick and choose your battles, and you basically are saying like it's not affordable for your protocol to bootstrap liquidity for Xi, uh, at the same time as you could just tap into like untapped demand for Curve USD, which I think makes sense. Um, what does this mean for Xi? Like if people put money in this Xi Curve USD pool, does it mean that you're going to be they're going to find themselves rugged if Xi is no longer supported? Like, uh, can you talk a bit about the future there? Yeah, not, not at all. Uh, yeah, if you can deposit, you still receive rewards. Uh, we have the silo DAO itself has a bunch of uh, CVX that we uh, bought a long time ago. So we've been uh, uh, voting with them for not for the Zyker VSD, we've actually been doing it for the Frax BP, uh, Zy Frax BP pool. Uh, nothing. Uh, so we, 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 we will not stop rewards until like there's a, you know, unless there is a a proposal and conversation and, and, and enough time for users to understand like, hey, they will not earn enough rewards so they can withdraw. Not at all. We keep continue, we continue with it, but it's an admission that this experiment has not succeeded. 
so the, we, the way we really run a, a silo is, is the way Web2 runs the company. So we're, uh, we try to find a product market fit. We try to generate revenue for the DAO and eventually uh, sustain, uh, sustain the protocol uh, and, and, and make sure that we are, we're around, right? So we, the user, the, uh, the stablecoin was an experiment. Uh, what if we uh, like, like go today uh, the same die, the same way that uh, that Ave uh, did. We did that a long time ago, but uh, we could not uh, afford uh, expending so much rewards for the pool to grow deeply to make sure that you know we could ex- we could increase borrowing for Zai and make revenue. So we, we we didn't see we tried it so so much we could not find a way we we could break even. So we would spend let's say a hundred thousand dollars in rewards. But we would be getting ten thousand dollars in, in in revenue, and, and it's not sustainable. Yes, some projects have done it. They have been spending so much in inflation, and maybe users liked it. Maybe users, you know, love to see maybe TVL numbers, but not revenue numbers. But we thought that would not be responsible, and 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 we kind of it's an admission that this experiment has not really worked so much. That doesn't mean that there there couldn't be another. A better design stablecoin in the future, but right now we kind of like aligned. We we thought we decided to, uh, um, uh, to kind of focus on the curve VSD and 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 make sure that we go with it, and 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 I think that's maybe long term is a better business model uh, that per, uh, for us that preserves the resources and and ensures that we still focus on the lending uh, rather than stablecoin. It's a tough business. It's a really tough business. I'm not sure how. A lot of protocols how how they stay in their business and yeah yeah and I, I think it comes down to a lot of protocols just using inflationary tokenomics and just you know diluting the token supply kind of in an infinite cycle uh, whereas we we really we don't use any of our uh, our treasury tokens uh, right like we we don't really have any um, inflation past uh, you know the people that are vesting from our, from our seed a, a million years ago mm-hmm. right. Um, but yeah no it makes sense very cool well uh let's move on to the hot store of the weekend guys friend tech taking over the timeline i haven't really seen the timelines on twitter just completely taken over like this i don't know it's been a long time since since it's been something has been this popular and we're in the depths of the bear market as well too um, what's your been experience? Are you, are you guys on there and kind of what's the first week experience been with friend tech? I'm not currently on front tech. I have some codes, so I, I might try to test it out. Uh, I'll, I'll give one to Aham as well. Um, uh, but yeah, I've, I've, I've been seeing a bunch of stuff about the concept, but not, not really understanding, uh, kind of <laughs> what's happening, but please, please do, uh, tell all. Uh, yeah, well, I, I, I saw is, you there, the Garrett. Yeah. <laughs> yeah, you don't know what it is? Oh, really? Honestly, okay, I, so um, yeah, I was not happy with this idea of someone posting in it, linking your ad. It's like felt like too hacky, which is great, but it's like, no, I'm too old for this. At least in Apple, <laughs> we'll see. <laughs> uh, so, FriendTech is this nice, nifty little app that runs on your phone, and uh, it's actually it's not really an app. It's a it's called a progressive web app. So it's a it's a PWA. Uh, it's it's like a little uh, browser Safari app that runs in your phone, 
and we'll come back to this in a little bit, but essentially what happens is that once you log in, you, you connect uh, either your uh, Google or Apple or telephone uh, with your Twitter address. And then uh, they give you a, uh, an Ethereum address on base that you can fund with Ethereum through base. Uh, and then after that, you can buy and sell shares of uh, your favorite people on Twitter. So uh, let's say we have Garrett here, who is on friend tag. Uh, I can come to him and I can buy Garrett's share. And once I buy it, then I get access to a, um, it's not really like a, it's like a direct message where um, Garrett is able to publish to everybody. So like if we all own Garrett's shares, he could write, when he writes a message, we all see it. But when we talk to Garrett, nobody, I, I can't see your messages, right? So Tenzin, if you, if you wrote something to Garrett, I wouldn't be able to see it. Or if I wrote something, you guys wouldn't be able to see it. But when he replies, he can reply to that question, right? Uh, and the the model's kind of been tried a couple of times before. Obviously, we had BitClout, which came out, I believe it was six, seven months ago, maybe last year, and totally failed. Nobody wanted to get on it. But it seems that the Ponzi-nomics have been solved with Frentech. And it's a Ponzi in the sense that uh, the shares that are being sold are done so on a bonding curve. And um, when you come, you buy, the first people buy really cheap. The last people have to pay whatever the last person paid. And uh, to top it all off, there's a 10% rake that's essentially paid out on every single transaction. Half of that goes to the friend tech team. And then also half of that goes to the, uh, the person who you're buying the shares from. So if I buy Garrett's shares, uh, he gets 5% of whatever that transaction is. And so if you're an influencer and you're able to generate a lot of volume on Frentech, I mean, you can make tens of thousands of dollars. I, I saw a picture yesterday from uh, this rookie XPT who showed that like within his first day, he had made like 18 ETH just on uh, these like trading fees alone. So really interesting. Uh, if we take a look at the uh, analytics, in a Dune dashboard, uh, there's been 1.3 million cumulative transactions over the past, what, today's the 21st, 11 days since it's launched. Uh, it's earned $2.6 million in protocol fees in that short time period uh, with nearly 80,000 unique buyers and 30,000 unique sellers. And uh, this really came to a head last week on like Friday, Thursday, Friday, when uh, activity started to pick up again. So there was an initial wave of activity and then uh, everything just started to really like shoot up over the weekend. We saw some big names get involved. Uh, FaZe Clan, FaZe Banks from FaZe Clan uh, hopped on, uh, started promoting it to his followers. A couple of other people have been trying like different games saying they're going to like distribute the revenue to somebody or uh, you know they're gonna provide certain services. Uh, to people who own the shares. Um, it, in all, the, the Frentech app itself is kind of buggy. It's kind of slow. Uh, but what it does do that no other app until this point has done is that it gets around Apple's 30% cut. Also, the Google Store's 30% cut. And the reason it's able to do that is by using these this progressive web app, PWA. And when you sign up for Frentech, at least using an iPhone, because uh, I don't have a Google phone, uh, what it asks you to do is to uh, click on the share button and then you save it 
to add to the your like homepage or desktop. And that creates the app. And then once you do that, you just interact through the app as you normally would. Uh, there's no app store that you have to go through. Uh, there's no fees that you have to pay to Apple. And so they can just set up these like account abstracted wallets that you like pay through uh, to buy these shares and, and gamble on this stuff. And they're able to collect all that revenue and they're able to cut the, uh, the big uh, publishers out, both Apple and Google. So it's really been an interesting ecosystem. Um, I don't know if it has staying power because it is a Ponzi and all Ponzi's have to come down at some point. Um, my thoughts are that the, the bonding curve is quite steep. Like when you get to a hundred people, you're paying like two ETH to buy shares. And, uh, that doesn't seem like a lot. It seems like a very small amount of people that you're catering towards. Um, if you're going to really like bring on social layers, like you should be able to scout, like right. scale to hundreds of thousands if possible. Yeah. Yeah. That, that's, it's interesting what they're doing. I, I will say it's, it's going to be difficult. I think there's been a lot of kind of attempts at this in crypto. And uh, I, I do kind of follow like the whole, like, you know, kind of like more like social platforms, like alternative platform uh, kind of come up that's happened in the last couple of years, right? Where you have like Twitch battling Kick and Mixer and Rumble and all those things. Uh, so it's really a, a game of scale uh, in those, in that kind of sector. Um, so if Frentech is really going to take it, you know, worldwide it's going to be like something that's going to probably require hundreds of millions if not billions of dollars to mm -hmm. to scale yeah so the the big news the reason everything kicked off on friday uh was that paradigm announced uh well and frintech together uh announced that paradigm had invested into their seed round which uh is kind of like backhand comments uh guaranteeing an airdrop in the future. And so now people know that they need to come in and use the app because there's going to be an airdrop. Um, like it just, it just solidifies that because the way the paradigm invests, they'll, they'll sign a safe for equity and whatever company there is. And then there'll also be a token warrant for in the future. Uh, so, you know, six, at least six months from now, I believe, because the beta is going to run for six months. Uh, there probably is going to be an airdrop. There's points that are dished out every Friday. And so if you're buying and selling shares, inviting people to the platform, uh, helping participate in this fun little Ponzi, uh, you'll be rewarded with points in the future. Nobody knows how much they're going to be. Could be a few dollars, could be a lot, depending on the size of your influence. Uh, but something is coming. Yeah, so my thoughts on it, because um, I'm very reluctant to join most social media sites, but I did take the plunge on this one. And I have to say, like, my initial Im uh, impression was positive. So, like, you mentioned, like, the clean UX in terms of, like, it's mobile only, but it, uh, you don't have to go through the, like, mobile, like, app store. Um, so, like, this is might be one of the differentiators between this app and previous generations, which is the no crypto app was really able of building these kind of mobile experiences that a lot of social media people like. Um, but like because of the changes that uh, allow progressive web apps, you know, maybe maybe this could be the like the thing that's different this time and makes this one succeed. Um, beyond that, one of the other things that really notably impressed me about the onboarding process was you're using the base chain. But even if like my mom had used this, like it's so light in terms of the crypto jargon and the usage of cryptocurrency. Mm -hmm. um, 
that like they mentioned that ETH is the base currency, but they could have just called it like you know friend tokens, and people might not have even noticed in most cases. Um, you do have to fund your wallet with ETH, so that's like the one touch point of a blockchain. Um, but you have to imagine that being on base chain, uh, maybe there's going to be some Coinbase wallet integration that they could fund it with dollars instead. And if they do that, like it's sort of like you know you could see it getting mass appeal. Um, as for like some of the mechanics of the actual like uh, social media app itself, I don't have as many comments on it, except that it does seem like they somewhat thought through the mechanics of how people use social media. Um, and then there's been some threads circulating that says like, you know, well, we might talk about that in a minute. Um, but when you mentioned that like above 100 users in your room, it gets prohibitively expensive. Um, to me, that just makes me think they like are building this with Dunbar's number in mind, which is one mm -hmm. of the challenges that most social media sites have had. Uh, once you scale beyond 150 friends, like, generally your social network falls apart. So this is kind of like a way of applying some like tokenomics or economic incentivization to it. And then as to your point about it being a Ponzi scheme, like, I mean, if you don't like Ponzi schemes, you shouldn't be in crypto because <laughs> everything's a Ponzi scheme. But like more generally, like every social networking site since MySpace, they have a half-life. It's kind of built into the, like, the, the economics of every social media site. Most of them are very short half-life. Like uh, most of the ones we've seen launch uh, in the past few years have had like a half-life of a week and it might well be, you know, this one might be in a week, we're not talking about it. Um, but like, you know, if they're smart and if they build it well, maybe it'll be several years. So however long it lasts, I'm going to have some fun. If you are a llama and you're on it and I can afford you, I'm reinvesting all my profits into buying llamas. So that's how I'm using it. <laughs> uh, I think it's a really good take because, uh, you know, you're right. These things do come and go. Uh, we could be sitting a year from now and everybody's using friends tech or we're not, but uh, there'll be some friends made along the way. I think it's interesting how they've been able to grow so fast. Tech yeah. They've been able to grow so fast without any like media. It's just text. Like there's no, you can't upload photos, can't upload videos. Uh, there's no gifs. There's no like memes, stickers, anything. Um, it's just text. And yet, people are being drawn into this probably because of like the ability to to make money on buying shares of the people that you like yeah certainly that it really reminds me of those early days of twitter like mm -hmm. twitter got its start as a text message service um and as a result it was like disproportionately popular in cities um this back in like the flip phone era when people could just like text tweets to their friends and of course it's had a huge like life since then and is now getting rebranded as x and all that um one of the ways that they took off was like it south by southwest they had all these like they just paid for tvs all over to broadcast streams of tweets <laughs> and people were looking at this and they're like huh that's kind of like an interesting idea i've seen facebook but I've never seen like this idea of a public timeline and you know people used it they sort of got it and i feel like people are kind of seeing this like same like evolution in thinking with uh friends tech where they're like oh that's kind of cool that you like apply this monetization like um trading layer on top of social media and you know look at you like kind of get it right so again who knows if they succeed but uh i'm you know really impressive so far what they've built yeah i will say that there is some interesting dynamics like it's it's nice in the short-term run-up right so you you go you get like 100 followers but uh, there's not really like recurring revenue that comes from this. And uh, this was a point that was brought up in a, a tweet that Alex Weiss put out. Um, Doobie is the best. Obviously, he's calling out the Ponzi, saying it probably might not be here in six months, might not even be here in a month. Who knows? Uh, but he was saying that like on other platforms, notably OnlyFans uh, or like Patreon or something, like you're incentivized to work month to month because there's continuous revenue that comes through. Uh, however, for Frintech, 
you essentially are just there for the run up. There's like the initial spurt of growth. Uh, and then once that's done, like how do you continue to monetize that other than continuous trading of the, the friend token? Uh, and it's unclear whether the 5% rake that's being taken on both by buy and sells is enough to uh, keep influencers here. But based on the initial numbers, potentially could be. I mean, if you're like Kobe or Sisyphus or some of the other big influencers who have come on, I mean, we'll probably see like Logan Paul come on at some point as well too, or some of the other super big like YouTube influencers. I mean, they could probably rake in hundreds of thousands of dollars, maybe millions of dollars uh, by, by coming onto the platform. So that that probably is enough for them to, to make the jump and try it out. I have a slightly different take on that, which is when you sign up for it, one of the comical things is if you click their privacy policy, it has a modal that says coming soon, yeah, sure, um, yeah. <laughs> which is hilarious, right? Yeah. Um, but I like the way I see it though is like uh, Silicon Valley, essentially like if you boil it down, their economics is just like large advertising companies in Google and Facebook, right? Mm -hmm. Like Silicon Valley at this point is built on advertising. Friends Tech could literally like uh, add in an advertising layer and even maybe share some of that advertising revenue with its users and also add in this trading layer. And they kind of have like a like Facebook slash, uh, you know, social media killer right there, you know, because they can layer on all the extra features. They can layer on like images and whatnot. So it just starts integrating ads into it. And they got uh, they got the ads revenue plus the uh, trading revenue. Yeah. And I, I think it is worthwhile noting that it only works on your phone. Like you cannot access Frintech from a desktop computer. Uh, and so like when you're interacting with people, you know that they ha also have it on their phone as well too. It's not, it's not being done offsite somewhere by somebody else, right? Uh, so I think that gives it an air of um, like validity and also like a realist, uh, like feel to it it's really interesting on the note of privacy though uh it is very leaky <laughs> we had bantag who uh overnight released a repository with over a hundred thousand people's information connecting uh, uh their wallets to their twitter handles so uh there is a lot to go in in you know patching i i, I yeah. I saw that actually, and, and it was actually indexed for you as well, right? It yeah. was uh, numerated, right? So it was perfectly built list that anyone could take a look at. It wasn't like hard to get out. But yeah. yeah. So if you are going to use Frintech, uh, you may want to use an email that is brand new. You also probably may want to fund this with a, a, a brand new wallet straight from Coinbase or somewhere uh, that uh, you know doesn't have any other account history. Uh, or just, you know, use a public wallet that's connected to like a public ENS. Uh, so like, even if it's leaked, you know, people already know that, oh, hey, this is this person's public wallet anyway. So uh, be safe out there with it. Um, and just understand the mechanics when you're going out and spending money on these things, because obviously there's a very real chance to, to lose money here. Yeah, it also creates an account for you like uh, on base so and you can export your seed phrase but i'm presuming they also keep a copy of that seed phrase so any accounts or assets you have in that wallet could easily get rugged so beware of that mm -hmm. yeah it's still very very early days but it looks like they have captured the short-term imagine or short-term attention span of crypto twitter uh even if for like a week right like obviously like the airdrop farming is now like in everyone's minds and maybe it's enough to give them a you know three to six month runway 
where they can start implementing new features, make the app a little bit less buggy and and really like lock people in during that time period uh, so that they continue to stay. Do you think we're going to see an Arbitrum social network and an Optimism social network and an Avalanche social network? Uh, no, I don't think it's replicable because like it's all based on the influencers and like how do you get enough people how do you get all these other influencers to like come over once this is launched like you're going to be in a this is the problem with social media is like if, if you launch a new twitter nobody's going to be there and it's going to be a graveyard of just a few yeah, but people. aham aham hasn't joined yet so we can get <laughs> aham on there Exactly. The last person probably to join, but yeah, yeah it's interesting. Uh, and then also know that you're joining, like it's heavily botted. Uh, the bonding curve really rewards people for buying like the first like three shares, four shares, uh, which is like a dollar. So uh, many of these accounts, uh, so like Zach, Zach XBT, who's uh, quite popular on Twitter, uh, joined yesterday and uh, two accounts bought up 60 of his shares before he like had even finished sign up pretty much as soon as he signed up they saw who he was they saw his, his account influence on twitter and they just snatched up these shares and they're just like waiting to dump on anybody who buys them uh, so obviously there's some issues with botting um and like first rights to shares uh, that probably is going to have to be solved yeah so please if you join uh, let us know first in leviathan so we can scoop up the cheap shares <laughs> Yeah. Uh, Garrett will buy all your shares. <laughs> I have. I've been on a buying spree. Uh, so following llamas. If you're a llama, let me know. <laughs> buying stock in llamas. Uh, but Not it's, financial advice. It's, it's been, I mean, this is like a, a amazing headwind for base, which has launched only a couple of weeks ago and now sees their activity actually soaring past Arbitrum Optimism and other competitors uh, with this FriendTech frenzy. And this is, this is pretty amazing, actually. Like, based within, like, just a week or two is, is doing more transactions. Like, look, FriendTech, their server capacity was, was hit uh, a couple of days back. They've probably expanded that. Uh, and then, you know, we saw on the... So there's, like, 80,000 unique people and remember you have to have a, a twitter account like individual twitter account to sign up so in theory these should be like mostly real people i'm sure there's some bots that are joining but for the most part like this number of eighty thousand is is like very real um and it's continuing to grow as well too uh so frintex revenues as well too uh is also outpacing like pretty much everybody else they're doing so much volume uh in this little peak that they're having or like run up that they're having and uh, over on August 20th. So yesterday they had uh, 900,000 daily transactions. That's crazy. That's insane. Yeah. Uh, so let's take a look at crypto fees actually uh, to see how they're ranking and if they're here. Uh, I don't think they're here, but base base is really benefiting from this. I mean, these are the sticky products that base needs that are not just like lending markets or perpetual exchanges or uh, DEXs to actually have people stay around on base. You're not sharing your screen if uh, 
I was looking for it. I, I oh. was I was hoping that um I was hoping that CryptoFuse would have the information, but uh, I don't I don't see it here. Um, for I, I thought they would list it here. Maybe, I think they pulled the um I think Decrypt says they pulled it from from DeFi Llama. So it's pretty crazy. I, I would like to see I'd like to see more of this development. Hopefully, base like spurs on uh, like a big wave of these kind of like new apps that we haven't seen before. New Ponzi games I mean, as well. Coinbase has to be thrilled. I don't know if they like encouraged the team or invested in them or whatever, but like having this activity on base is killer. Yeah, exactly. Like here's the here's the DeFi Llama fees uh, page. And uh, Frintech is actually third, right behind Lido. So Lido made 1.54 million fees overnight, and Frintech made 1.4 million in the past 24 hours. Obviously, half that goes to the team, but still, that's that's pretty incredible. These guys have crushed it. Like more than they did more fees than Uniswap in the past 24 hours. <laughs> yeah, no, that's that's awesome for them. Unbelievable. <clears throat> It's all about longevity, though, right? If they have to keep this going for many, many months uh, before they can uh, kind of get the money together to go, you know, because uh, there's a big issue with not having advertising, right? And it's something that kind of ha kind of gets hacked by venture capitalists. You know, like, like if you follow kind of the whole uh, like streaming platforms debate, right, where you have you've had Twitch kind of as the reigning king for a very long time, and then you had kind of uh, a couple of you know misses which are like mixer and rumble and then you have kind of kick coming in now kick has literally zero advertising it doesn't make a single uh a single dime but it is uh owned and operated by stake which is the the largest crypto gambling casino in in the u.s and i think the world it might even be um so it it, it uh, kick operates at a loss for stake but it's only able to stay up because stake continuously funds it with it with its profits right but and the, the only reason they have any traction is because they have to sign, you know, hey, $50 million to, to you to come over here exclusively, $100 million to you, uh, $50 million. The, the size of these contracts are insane just to bring one person over. Um, so, yeah, we, we'll, we'll see kind of uh, how it goes. Obviously, uh, you know, Frontech, it's kind of a, a smaller uh, job. So it's a smaller ask of uh, uh, creators because you're not, you know, producing content for eight hours live uh every day but um but still there is kind of this huge barrier to entry which they kind of have to stock up their their money for uh or you know i, I don't know what they have working in the background with paradigm and uh, and these fun other venture capitalist funds but um yeah we'll definitely need kind of a huge money push and to get bigger influencers on non-crypto influencers uh like we said who are going to have to come in and really pump this thing Um, so yeah, so I think, uh, I think we'll probably wrap up here. Um, we had a few other stories, uh, but none, nothing was as big as friend tech over the weekend, honestly, like <laughs> it dominated the news cycle. It is the, the meta right now. And it's too early to tell if that by me and Garrett joining, it's the end. It's like, it's over. We're on the wave down. <laughs> Uh, or if this is just the beginning, we don't know if we're we're in the middle, we're like mid twitting it, or if we're right brain left brain here. I, I can so. end it for you guys. I can also join and end it for you. There you go. <laughs> that would be the end. That would be true. True end. Um, 
So as always, uh, make sure to uh, subscribe to us on YouTube. Uh, also, we have Spotify as well, too. You can watch it, it all of these episodes in HD uh, using Spotify uh, or listen to it with Apple Podcasts. Uh, we have a donation link in everywhere. Uh, we've gotten a second donation from somebody. Thank you very much. Uh, we see them coming in via Arbitrum. Maybe we should just set up like a Leviathan News uh, friend tech and then people can essentially like buy and sell shares and then they'll, they'll donate to us. It's probably more profitable at the moment. Um, so Garrett's, Garrett's thinking about things in his head. I can see it. Uh, <laughs> can you have multiple, I'm thinking of multiple friend tech accounts. Can you? Yeah. We'll I mean, see. you just, you just need a Twitter account phone? and an email associated with it on your phone. Like my phone's already used. Oh, but I have another phone. Okay. Yeah. Maybe. Yeah. You can just log out and like, no, you don't, you can just log out and like sign up with a new account. There we go. So, Maybe you will find us soon on Frentech. Exactly. You can find Leviathan News uh, also on Twitter as well, too. Telegram. And we're starting to really get up there in subscribers. We have three, almost 3,400 subscribers on our Telegram channel uh, where we post daily news headlines. So uh, I want to thank uh, Aham and Tenzent for coming on. You guys are wonderful today. Appreciate it. Thank you so much for having yeah, us. Thank you, sir. And uh, it's the beginning of the week. We hope we're pumped for the rest of the week. We are. And we'll see you tomorrow. Thank you, guys. Bye, everyone.